0: For me, it's not a brain fart, it's literally 7,000 animals, 500 oceans, singing your oceans. Hey guys, and welcome back to the second episode of the Eight Ship Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and I'm here with my lovely guest, Maida. Hi, Maida. Hi,
1: guys. I'm so excited to be here. Me and Tammy actually went on social media. So I used to do political vlogs, YouTubes, etc. Mm-hmm. I'm rebranding my whole feed so yeah. you guys can join the new wave <laughs> at Maida Sharifi on Instagram. And at the moment, I'm just doing a master's in international journalism. I've had an article with Gaudam. And I'm going to actually be presenting British Muslim- on British Muslim TV. So you guys can catch me there
0: on Thursdays at 9.30 while you're at it. That is so exciting. <laughs> and that's actually one of the reasons why um I started following you it was all your like um you obviously at that time right now Amida's instagrams on it like you said on yeah, a little I'm rebranding yeah. <laughs> it happens you know and you have to take some time out to figure out how you want to do things but that's actually how we um got acquainted it was through instagram and through politics and yeah. um i think i caught some of your posts talking about the awazi people and obviously you are yourself awazi and just for our viewers who don't know what awazi is uh do you want to explain
1: yeah so we're actually an ethnic minority group in our on, we're Arab and a lot of people don't know about us because there's not much coverage not much representation I guess but if you literally go on google and type a Hawazi Arabs there's so much to read on but mm-hmm. people don't do that yeah and I tell them I'm from Iran and they just automatically assume you're Persian yeah, yeah.
0: automatically yeah
1: and it's like I feel like I'm too Arab for the Persians <laughs> and I'm too like, Iranian for the Arab community it's so intense but yeah that's how we met and I mm-hmm. feel like that was a special connection because then yeah. I found out you were Baluchi yeah which I already know that <laughs> in Gra- yeah, yeah. Iran so I already know there's Baluchis in Iran I'm actually familiar with the human rights cases Baluchis in Iran
0: so mm, I mean there's a lot going on right in, yeah. in, in our respective um, cultures regions and, and, yeah. and ethnicities like uh, that's one of the reasons I did feel a special connection to you because I mean I knew what Awazi was the same way you yeah. knew what um, and you know
1: what that made me so happy like it's like a relief I'm like oh
0: my god I actually don't have to give a history lesson exactly being an ethnic minority is really different though and I found that growing up like I don't know if you yeah like, like I always felt like no matter what like if I had Iranian friends or if I had Pakistani friends because we hang in the balance between Iran and Pakistan I always still felt like yeah like I didn't read I'm always the only Baloch in the in the group that is literally me yeah
1: like when I moved the Arabs from Countries that actually have a legitimate state, yeah. There's just part of me that just feels like, okay, I don't belong here, but I do. Like, I speak the language, I have the culture, I have mm-hmm. the food. And then when I'm with Iranians, like Persians, yeah, um, Iranians, I still feel a connection because we're on the same land, mm. like we're, yes. we're the same government, etc. But that language, I don't, because my parents spoke to me in Arabic Greek, growing yeah. up. I don't have that, like certain Persian celebrations, like Eid Noruz, like yes. we don't celebrate that because. Yeah we're not persian yeah 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 and then
0: i just feel like okay i don't actually belong in that mix either be what you mean i feel like it always like because i feel like like with pakistani culture it's just more easy to align myself yeah. with their culture but then when it came to things like language because my parents only spoke to me in Baluchi, doesn't why would they 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 never sought to teach me urdu because i mean it's not our our language yeah. so growing up like telling people i was like yeah i'm pakistani but i don't speak urdu i know you know what you said something that's very
1: interesting and relevant to hawazi people as well mm-hmm. that most of the political activities and movements Mm. is led by men and like grown men Mm. whereas I feel like other movements now this is my personal opinion for example the Kurdish Kurdish movement movement. you have Mm. women from all age ranges my age in university everyone is voicing everyone is involved so with that sometimes even before i finish my sentence i say i'm an ethnic minority
0: they're like okay are you kurdish <laughs> from the middle east and you say ethnic minority, minority that's the first thing they think of yeah for real it's uh, honestly i see i went to my first uh, free baluchistan movement protest and it was just bare man yeah i read about i, I remember bare, you posted are old, old guys obviously some of them might are from my, uh, from my dad's generation who and they were still Maybe, around yeah. and i was like uncles um, <laughs> you never thought about getting your daughters involved or your wives or- but this is the thing
1: um they i know with my community they try but mm-hmm like you can't force it and a lot of these girls do go back to Iran and they yeah. like to visit yeah, and yeah, in yeah. these countries where they sec- they securitize ethnic minorities yeah. like it sort of overlaps with their national security concerns and, and I,
0: I appreciate that you know that. what yeah, that yeah, means yeah, right yeah, yeah.
1: so I feel like obviously for us we're the type okay I will sacrifice me not being able to visit my homeland oh, for the purpose of making my existence relevant recognised mm-hmm. whereas I feel like other people and there's nothing wrong with it they'd rather you know what I'd rather seek the fruits of going there <laughs> Yeah, I just keep my voice sharp by anything that happens inside.
0: But I feel like it's just for me personally. Also, it's a personality thing, right? Yeah. And 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 yeah, of course, I want more women from my community to get involved. But like you said, like it's all about safety and safety issues are, are real for ethnic yeah. minorities, especially in the Middle East and in in the Muslim world. It's it's a real reality, you yeah, know. Exactly. And and sometimes my cousins say to me from back home, like you know, you don't get it because
1: you live in England. I understand that perspective also because what I've learned recently when I have been revising my beliefs is it's all fun and games as women here mm. in the west yeah talking about what's right for women of our culture but how do we not like maybe there is a woman out there that <laughs> does like that life she wants those um the status quo to be how it is yeah and I realize now like when I actually speak on behalf of say Arab women I need to make it very clear Arab women in the west yeah or, do you know what because I feel like then it, you just it's just white feminism like I am I everyone
0: exactly. do I know what they deal with back home right and that's why it's really important like you said to revise your beliefs you know and i think there's no change there's no there's there should be no fear in uh, maybe believing in something before and then thinking actually you know what let me no actually i don't believe in this oh i yeah oh i think this way about things and i and i think we don't do a lot of that yeah we don't i feel like we're scared we're like oh that was already
1: out people are going to use it against me me. like that's how i that's how my thought process goes Mm -hmm. and that's why i actually deleted some of my youtube videos (laughs) because i'm like i don't even think like this anymore i don't have this political opinion like you need to go (laughs) but i know probably the internet things stay on forever so i Mm -hmm always get paranoid i'm like, i said this but i don't even believe that anymore but yeah. like you said um yeah we are allowed to change our beliefs we are 100%. and we need to actually push that like guys <laughs> okay
0: to revise your beliefs it's it's okay to believe in something rethink it and be like actually you know what no actually doesn't align with who i am now Mm. and i feel like this is why i follow you as well
1: because i learned so much from your content especially mental health wise but you know
0: speaking about um mental health i'm not gonna lie all these kind of cultural cultural boundaries which is what we're here to talk about today right have (laughs) such an impact on your mental health like it does i feel like the identity crisis that comes with that and the mental health that.
1: that's the perfect word i think
0: crisis literally like i always describe it and i've said it so many times like hanging in the balance you're not from here nor there you're like g- clutching at different straws of different yeah. cultures trying to fit in and i felt like and we were talking about this earlier like for the longest time i tried to fit in yeah and i think being an ethnic minority like I always you know I was always proud to be Baluch, but I just never felt secure or or confident or only up until now I'd say in my adult life you know. Oh really? Yeah I would really I would really say that like. I I think if
1: I was surrounded with more Iranians I feel like that but I feel like I have been blessed in a way where I did cross paths with for example North Africans who Mm. are Arab and have some Berber in them so I always was open like not open I always like, my mind was open to this idea of ethnic minorities in other regions. So, mm-hmm. that did make me feel a bit more comfortable. Like, when I had Moroccan friends, they'd be half Berber or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even yeah, meeting yeah. Palestinians, yeah, learning about the Palestinian cause. It felt like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Mm. Even though they are, of course, two completely different histories, legacies, etc. But yeah. just exploring those identities and just reading into everything, it did make me feel, like, less alone.
0: Less alone, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good, though. So, now, speaking on that, like, just, obviously, growing up Muslim, brown... Middle East and whatever in um in the West, like there's always judgment being passed. hundred percent. And do you know
1: what actually? At some point I remember in year ten, mm. I wore a headscarf. Yeah. And that only lasted six months because then after we had the Lee Rigby situation. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I started to hear um so I was still young, I think like 14, 15, and I'm hearing girls are having their hijab snatched, snatched off, off. Yeah. Everything. And you know what? When you wear a headscarf, especially yeah. at like a great which I think is a mature age compared to girls that maybe were younger, mm-hmm. there's always like this. This battle that mm-hmm. you're fighting with yourself like is it for me so you already have that and then that happened I took it off immediately really took it straight out I swear was to was it more parents. of like
0: a safety thing
1: yeah it was a se- I was already like low and like mm. think in my face, I was like oh do I want to wear it am I even ready like I really jumped into it just having those thoughts mm. but then that happened mm-hmm. and that just completely cemented it I was like I'm taking it off yeah and I remember I told my mom like oh my god
0: so I did I went for a phase of wearing a hijab like
1: how old was you <laughs> listen I was on social
0: media when I did it as well, you know, oh, I was okay. blogging at the time that I did it. And, um, like, but for me, and I, I was going through a really bad place with my mental health and with my faith. And I was actually going through like an episode of psychosis. So during the psychosis, like, I just, you know, sometimes, um, a lot of people experience this when they have episodes of psychosis, they become like deeply religiously inclined. Okay. And I wore the hijab for like six months, was like really. Can you elaborate on the psychosis? Like, my experience of it is like you're literally out of touch with reality completely. Okay. Like, you don't even know who you are like I was literally at when I got deep into my psychosis and I was wearing a hijab there were moments where I was speaking to my therapist and there, uh, I was literally I literally thought like I was like a prophet of some sort at oh. one point like in my deepest darkest moments Okay. in that time and you know because the moment I when I decided that I wanted to put it on and I reason and my reasoning for why I think it started to negatively affect my mental health was when I put it on number one I started getting congratulated which I found very strange like that happened to me as well. I just found it really mind boggling because I was like, hmm, my beliefs haven't changed. I've literally chosen to just cover my hair
1: just to look the part, basically. To,
0: to look the part, yeah. And, and that's
1: no disrespect to women who wear headscarves, but it's crazy how much more respect comes with it,
0: right? Because yeah. I was going to, I was still mingling, automatically, I was still mingling and socialing at the same place. Yeah. I was like going to sushi bars, and I remember the week previous that I put on, or oh, the month previous I put on my wrap. I went to, um, shisha lounge i'm not gonna say which one <laughs> and um i came in and uh, like uh, to be honest not like zero respect but uh, not great just normal customer like hey hi you'll sit down whatever Da da da. Came back in a month later, hijab on with all my friends. And this guy's like, as sister, how are you? And just so much respect, so much niceness. And I was just like, where was this niceness one month ago? Because I'm exactly the same individual. And I noticed that everywhere I was going, guys were like, the way they approached me was different.
1: Yeah, there is definitely, there is a preference. I remember being in university, guys said it straight up. I, I only want to marry a hijabi. I'm only mm. ever going to speak to hijabis. So there is a preference. And... I feel like that makes it more intense for us, right? Because I feel like I'm constantly having to prove, like, "Hey, I'm still a good girl. <laughs> like, I'm still a good Muslim. I just don't wear a hijab, right? Yeah, I
0: still transgress, transgress like the rest of you. I just don't wear a hijab, so yeah. I'm not. I guess I'm not in the in the limelight of it. But when I was in the limelight, when I was wearing a hijab, I think it really bothered me. It really, really bothered me. Did you feel
1: like you had more pressure?
0: Yeah. Because a lot like of
1: girls say the reason they don't put it on mm-hmm. is because they would have to stop a lot of things that they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of girls that I speak to that say why they'd never take it off is because it saves them, them from doing certain, s- things. certain things. Like yeah, they know yeah, yeah. I can't, for example, go into a club with a headscarf mm-hmm. on. So that is a benefit. Like it kind of keeps you grounded.
0: Mm hmm. But I just felt like doing both, and I'm always somebody. I'm like, I'm like, I have, If I'm going to do something, I'm definitely going to try it. And I and I wore the hijab for six months, and it was a lovely experience. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I commend and I respect um all women that choose to cover, and those who do not choose yeah. to cover as well. But for me, I just felt like it was it was borderline becoming really hypocritical amongst uh, amongst Muslims, you know. And this is where it's taken away from Islam and, and Muslims. You yeah, know? it's it was an issue that I had with Muslims, and. I guess some would say subsequently I'm taking it out on Islam because I'm not following um, something that that's that we're meant to do. Yeah. But for me, it, I mean, maybe but that do you know what? This is the funny
1: thing because our Prophet peace be upon him, he was the most understanding person. But I feel like, like you said, we need to actually differentiate between Muslim communities, Muslims, and Islam. Mm, yeah. It's two completely different things. Hmm.
0: And it is. It really is two different things because I feel like. Um, with when it comes to muslims on on an individual basis yeah. there's, there's a lot of um cultural influences you know yeah but then that also begs the question how much does culture influence religion or is it religion influencing culture
1: that is an interesting topic and i always used to battle with it but yeah. what i came to realize especially looking into the roots of arab culture is that all of this idea of honor mm. women like certain roles that they have to have this all came before like this was before islam yeah and this is the thing so i feel like when people do use islam Mm. to cement these ideas yeah it's more of like they're trying to utilize it for their own benefit
0: like a personal agenda kind of thing Because
1: even with guys like guys have preferences about women i don't want a woman to do this or she needs to like be a virgin Mm -hmm. or what other preferences are there Oh, I've had like especially you know the cases with sexual abuse cases coming out yeah during lockdown as well there were Muslim men saying um yeah I'm sorry but my wife can't be sexually abused I'm not gonna marry someone that's been sexually assaulted mm. or harassed yeah and it's crazy because well from what I've read and the religious yeah. interpretations I've taken and references from hadiths yeah is that actually a woman has the right to not even disclose her past. Yeah. And that the past is the past. And that is how Islam is. And that's the main foundation is mm-hmm. God is forgiven and your past is your fa- past. And you don't actually have to, like, there's no judgment because only God judges. But I think it is such a shame because it gets so intertwined.
0: They do become completely um intertwined.
1: I personally feel like the first, my first, first priority is my character. Yes. So I'm constantly like, critical of myself how i just backbited am i gossiping too Mm. much so that's what i prioritize because i feel like that is the first thing that shows and as a muslim if i'm someone that's very nice Mm. i'm very forgiving i'm representing islam because they are islamic traits so that is why i Mm. prioritize yeah um i don't know if that's being more spiritual rather than practical but i take priority in that yeah but then of course people don't see that sometimes no they don't I mean
0: I was just gonna say like I remember this time I was speaking to this dude and um romantically yeah (laughs) I was speaking to this dude and he was like oh Sam you know like I spoke into like hijabi girls and he goes you know you seem like because the way I dress right I'm very guys if you see me on socials I'm out here you get me (laughs) but I don't really care because I don't really care the judgment of others I try not to anyways yeah but he was like you're actually more modest when I speak to you and, and when I hear your values.' Yeah. Then, i've got that before but, as well yeah and then then most girls sorry to say it that I wear hijab and like like look this is not a bashing hijabi session <laughs> because i feel like it loki might be sounding like that no we love and respect all but i think uh, the the opinions and the voices of those women that don't wear hijab is never really listened to yeah it's uh, never and i just feel like um
1: hijabi women do face
0: so um, much so much struggles so much and yeah at
1: the same time we're not trying to mute their voices but at the time, same time we want a voice as well as Muslim women as Muslim women
0: exactly respectively as yeah. Muslim women because I feel like yeah if you don't wear a hijab and you're just not classed as a, as a Muslim woman or your, your opinion is not deemed valid so like how could you even have an opinion you don't even cover yeah. you know which I understand it's, it's, an act of, it's, a, it's an act of worship but it's not the sole act of worship
1: it does bother me and I feel like mental health wise as well it can have an impact on you mm-hmm. I feel like right, when I was in university the majority like we're muslims Mm -hmm. and i felt like there was this constant pressure non-hijabi just hearing like certain views and that really respected the hijabis and they would wear them yeah i felt this constant pressure like i need to prove that i'm a good girl yeah. because i don't look it <laughs> and that for that one year i was just trying to do like get out of touch of who i am i mm. started to dress more modestly yeah doing everything i can to prove it mm. and then in the end people still judged me <laughs> so it was just like you're never gonna win you might as well be yourself That's right and what i've come to realize is as women we don't we shouldn't even waste time trying to prove like we're a good girl or a good muslim yeah and especially actually, to men to men yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, literally and there's so many times i've actually gone out and there's like non Muslims questioning
0: me. Yeah, yeah. What kind of it's questions like, do you get? I'd love to hear this. What kind of questions like do you get? Like you're
1: Muslim, like and you're owl, out, out. like so many personal questions. Well to be fair to them, it might not be personal, but it was just like even that puts me on the spot. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, am I really that much of a bad Muslim? Like
0: You made an interesting interesting point earlier. Yeah. And you said that, you know, as women, do we prevent ourselves from like doing whatever we want X, Y, Z, following our dreams, for example, because we, we don't want to or is it because we're being judged? Sometimes I look at my own friendship groups mm-hmm. and girls and I just think,
1: do you genuinely like want to live this or do this or do you feel like you're going to be judged or... Yeah because you don't and I feel like we do need to ask ourselves that question and even that one year when I was like in uni trying so hard to keep up yeah. it's like I wasn't actually happy felt like funnily enough me trying so hard to get respect It's like I already respect myself I was so hard trying to like get respect from other people pleasing other people with completely yeah. different mindsets to me and yeah like just irrelevant to my life to be honest and it's like after that when I just started being real like this is who so, I am these are my flaws mm. I might not be the typical good girl that like you and it's like I felt like I had I got yeah. more respect after because mm-hmm. I'm being truthful and yeah. I even look at it now I respect women that actually come forward about themselves and are very truthful mm-hmm. you being one of them my respect <laughs> for you is so high because like you're living in your truth you're so honest and that's not yeah. just everyone like you know we need just to just our <laughs> values let's like <laughs> let's just completely there can yeah. be some mystery but I'm very wary like now mm. when I meet girls and women mm. that's the first thing i think like is she living in her truth is this yes. who she actually is because there's been times that women like will tell me certain opinions beliefs and then you do a crb check and then they're the complete opposite and it's like girl like you're just setting us all back from progressing from, yeah
0: and from knowing you really and truly yeah. ultimately right um but no i i do feel like sometimes you know women do do certain things follow certain life paths in just to 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 not be judged
1: Yeah, like to get divorced is a big thing. So there's a lot of women in unhappy marriages. Oh, word. Or, for example, it's bad for like a girl to come from a broken home. So Mm. women with daughters are very careful how they're stepping. They do not want to call that divorce. (laughs) No one's going to marry their daughters. Word, word, word. So I found with myself, I am literally the only one with my full government on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Everything I wear, the (laughs) tight clothes, it's all on the open. My mum follows me. It's intense because you're at like the forefront of, no. I don't know what you call it like a revolution like literally. it's so crazy
0: mm-hmm. and people think I've absolutely lost my mind that like yesterday this beluche guy <laughs> like fresh fresh from god knows where dms me and he's like you're secretly a prostitute undercover oh! aren't you and I'm like but that you- is how they insult women it's exactly literally
1: sexuality exactly it's if coming back
0: prostitute. to my se- but you wouldn't say it to a man you wouldn't say it to you to can't like i, I don't yeah. even know the word like the masculine <laughs> version <laughs> of that word do you know what i mean but it's it's such a shame that that we come from this kind of stuff well i i feel like it doesn't like i feel like it happens in our community magnified you know yeah. the moment you step out of that good girl image you are ultimately insulted yeah. vilified and and just look for your body
1: I know, on, and growing for your up, human
0: body. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
1: And I remember growing up, my mum used to always say, "Cover up, mm. look, people are gonna speak," and then eventually. I think we just came on a mutual agreement like mum they're gonna speak anyway at least I'm doing it in front of your eyes because I was never the type Mm. to like wear something and then take it off in the car or take it off at my friend's house I've never been that type of girl Yeah. and I've seen my friends do it my friends did it but I was never like that and I just accepted the rules mum was like look on holiday you can dress how you like Mm -hmm. but in London we're in the community no Yeah. and then as I grew I think she just trusted me and knew who I was Mm -hmm. and how I dress is not a representation of who I am like culturally speaking yeah and now it's fine i can wear and sometimes girls mean when they're like wait does your mom know you wear these things does your mom I get know, the same like, thing i'm like girl my mom follows, follows me, me. <laughs> on
0: instagram <laughs> i shout out to your mama we, we love a we love a progressive per, um, parent you know yeah but for me i'm not gonna lie my my dad and he's not you know the best dad on earth but he he spent a lot of his youth here and he was so um So okay with me wearing whatever I want. I remember when I was a kid and I was wearing shorts and my mum was a bit more stricter because my mum's a bit more practising. And she was like, oh you can't wear shorts you're not white you're not english no you know you can't they wear, love that line they love that line <laughs> everywhere they drop it in they like to remind us um you're not white you're not english you can't wear shorts it's not good it's ab you know you can't do this the flipping word I ab was <laughs> uh you know for our listeners you're giving me flashbacks you know what i'm saying
1: be, you know what i'm saying
0: everywhere like, i go ab,
1: ab, i i honestly got to a point where i'm like oh my god is the way I'm breathing air as well? <laughs> like, like, is the way I'm standing is air? Like, yeah, honestly, the way you sit can be air. No, like,
0: yeah, big time. Legs like, open. Close your legs. <laughs> yeah, like, put your legs down. And I, my, but my dad was really. My dad just turned around to. Her and he's like, Rashida, she's a kid. <laughs> Let her wear the goddamn shorts, you know. And as I got older, like I noticed my dad when because obviously my my parents were on my socials, and I was I mean the first Baluch girl to wear mini skirts and a swimming costume and do the most on socials, you know. It's all open for the world to see. I didn't hide it. And um, there's one time, funny enough, my dad's in a group of people, and my dad's quite well-known within our community. He's been here for the longest, right? And there was this dude, and he was like, oh, Uncle, there's this girl online, and <gasps> she's like... Stop. She's like proper <gasps> to fucking yeah like which is um arabic and it's a Baluchi swear word as well which is for yeah, prostitute of yeah and my dad's like my dad's like he knew they were talking about me He's like, I knew. Who else is it? There's nobody else, yeah? Oh, bless him. So he knew. And he's like, oh, really? Like, oh, I wonder what she looks like, you know? But you know what? It's good that you were
1: honest with your dad and your lifestyle. So it removes that fear. Mm. So you take back that control. Yeah. Because right now, I know if anyone was to say anything, my parents know. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. There's no emotional blackmail, no... You can't they can do think nothing. they're better than us my parents know and it's fine and I think yeah. that's as you grow up you take back that control mm-hmm. it feels more
0: liberating yeah because my dad's only rule really was was no boyfriends and I broke that sorry dad but he knows <laughs> and he knows right but I, I always was honest with my parents which I was lucky that I was able to do that yeah but I did and but I also, it is a privilege. It is a privilege, but it was very hot. It was a privilege that I des- I earned, you know. Oh, 100%. I, I felt like every year I got to unlock un- a new privilege. <laughs> unlock a new privilege. <laughs> Maybe this year's like I'm not on care for you The next year I'm allowed to post these pictures <laughs> I swear like and, and I remember my dad just saying uh, my dad's like, you know, she's my daughter and I don't worry about her, so you guys shouldn't worry about her, either Facts. You know, like why why are other men that are not related to me that don't have any any holding on me. No man does anyways related or not. But have or feel like he has the right to pass this judgment it's right, crazy. on me. As a as a woman and as a Muslim woman, and I think for me, this is where it comes to that borderline hypocrisy is you preach religion and here you are opening your trap about yeah. me and what I do. But isn't that so contradictory of what And that word and what what religion teaches you exactly right and i think it comes back to what you said about um your character and your character being the most important thing and for me as a woman i've always looked at my character before my my exterior you know i've always worked on and and that's the most important part you what you leave on this earth is not your exterior it's your exterior is that even a exterior, word? <laughs> exterior? <laughs> i like exterior though <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. might have to make it a new word uh, you know uh, it's not based on your exterior you, what you leave behind is your legacy and then who That's... you are as a person and your character and how you develop that and, and how like you said being able to come off a social platform rebrand yourself and come back all these things are super important as to who you are
1: yeah it's like, we need to remember our identities are fluid. It's not static. Mm. So you should never feel stuck. Like, oh, this is it. This is my identity. You can always revise your beliefs, learn new things. By beliefs, I don't mean religious beliefs. Just certain views you have, opinions. Mm-hmm. And you should always be willing to learn. Like, don't be stubborn.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. You have to open the doors to, to knowledge. Yeah, you, you have know. to
1: understand the other perspective. Because I have some views. Some <laughs> I have some views. Yeah. My parents think are radical. Like, some... Hit me with some of your radical views, Myda. But they're not radical. It's just like <laughs> feminist but for them, views. But yeah. for them, coming from that culture, it's radical and it's just extreme. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to listen to my parents. When they do speak on the cultural aspect, yeah. I get to understand, okay, this is the root of it. Mm-hmm. And we can come to some understanding. The issue is you can't have that with everyone because some people genuinely do not want to listen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've had I've had discussions with men it was in the middle east i was in dubai was an <laughs> egyptian man
0: yeah
1: and um he was saying for example women in egypt if they're not a virgin they'll never get married and i was like oh what? that's a bit mad because that doesn't exist not mad i understand it yeah that is the general like general rule even and i was just like oh, you know what that's not fair and he got so defensive and mm. i said it's not fair because he said for men it doesn't matter and he's like, "No, this is our culture. It's our country." Like he got so oh, defensive, so yeah. protective. Literally putting his military gear on. <laughs> and I was just like, "Wow! Like you're not even willing to listen to me. Mm, you're just
0: you're just strung up on this one opinion."
1: Yeah, and I feel like whereas with me, I'm open. Like if he sat down and spoke to me in a civilized way and told me, "Okay, this is the reason," I would have mm. at least okay, I understand where you're coming from. I didn't have to agree, but I can understand. But the problem is, people just don't want to understand yeah. they don't want to read they want not they don't want to hear other people's voices mm-hmm.
0: and I think as a woman like when especially with men and when they come out with these kind of um I mean the outrageous views I, I know where they come from but at the end of the day they're still outrageous to me that in in this living age that you still think like this um how has that had an effect on your mental state is there any like experiences that you remember distinctively and they really put you in a place that discomfort
1: I feel like growing up, especially in my culture, there's this whole concept of honor-shame.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I used to think, I can't, I used to think it was just my culture and it's just where I'm from. I started to meet like Moroccan girls, mm. Palestinian, Lebanese, like girls from other regions of the world, mm-hmm. even Asian girls. And they yeah. went through the same thing. So for me, it was like, okay, so I've grown up like this and now it's been cemented. It's definitely a thing, like it exists. Mm. And then I hear these views from men, mm. like in uni, in the Middle East. And I'm just like, wow. So there'll be certain things. Mm-hmm. And do you know what's mad? Like in our culture, well, my culture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like shame is so broad. So yeah. it could be anything to like where you're hanging out with your friends. Mm. If you have male friends. Yeah. What you do in your relationships, friendships, like everything there mm. is some aspect of shame yeah. and you can't cross that line mm-hmm. so like what I find with myself I'll do things that aren't even shameful like yeah. when you think of it really and then I just start overthinking it mm. and then I actually go through like this mental breakdown and I remember I t- I'll text my best friend yeah so she's non-arab she's mixed race
0: Uh huh.
1: and I'm like oh my god I've done this I've done that, and I'm like literally panicking okay. to her and yeah. I'm writing paragraphs and she's like you're absolutely doing the most and overthinking it like people <laughs> don't even care yeah 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 And it's just mad. And I look back at it, like -hmm. even now, like certain things, I just feel like it's going to be a lifelong challenge because I'm constantly thinking, oh my God, like I've crossed, have I crossed the boundary? Like I'm never going to be good enough. And I feel like it affects me. You're constantly
0: like second guessing yourself.
1: Second guessing myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, oh my God, now I need to like work harder in my career because I need to just prove myself. Like I need to not put Mm -hmm. my value in other things. And it just becomes so intense.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. Like, it, and I
1: feel like we don't talk about it enough. I, I don't. don't. Know, I think it depends on obviously the household. Mm. And again, I am privileged because there are girls that go like. I know girls that they were not allowed to tell their parents that they have male friends. Like yeah. I'm allowed male friends, but it's still like when you grow up with a whole shame like cemented in you, you're constantly like on the edge.
0: Mm. I feel no, like I'm always are. on the edge. Mm-hmm. You always like always second guessing yourself always thinking is what I'm doing right am I am I being a good girl bad girl is this shameful yeah 100% like I remember like in my culture doing your eyebrows is a big thing like getting your oh my god it's like no way there's still (laughs) some my cousins suffering with not being able to have their eyebrows done (laughs) because in the Baluchi culture and, and kind of where we come from we totally believe that Getting your eyebrows done is like only a, a married woman thing, and kind of stuff. And I found that really strange because here I am in England in a school full of white kids who are calling me werewolf and monkey left, right, and centre. Oh, I know. Because I'm you not had the allowed as well. Yeah, oh, I had sis. the unibrow. <laughs> the unibrow was real. I was like, Mum, at least let that one go. <laughs> literally, my mum wasn't. My mum was so strict with it. She was like, No, 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 you can't. It's Abe It's the... it's literally it's Abe It's so much Abe for our culture to get your eyebrows done. And because in my culture, it's a sight. It's a symbol of. Beauty beauty and getting rid of it is also an A but like it's not if you have it like they think that it's a sign of beauty. So if you get rid of it you're a bit of an idiot.
1: It's so (laughs) interesting to me how the beauty standards are just conflict here you get penalized you get called names for having a unibrow because i
0: remember being here at school i'm get, had the unibrow i'm getting called werewolf and monkey girl like <laughs> that was my nickname in year seven Bless it was listen i got bullied hard yeah <laughs> the glow up was real literally <laughs> and i remember here people kids rinsing me yeah you know, rinsing me boys being so horrible to me then going back home to my country and everyone's like, Oh my god, look at her eyebrows, they're so great. It's but it so was so intense. weird how that wasn't that's an ebb in our culture, right? That's that's like something yeah. that's not acceptable. And I felt like that had such a negative view on how I looked at myself as a kid. Okay. Like I used to look in the mirror and be like, I'm so ugly, this is I'm not as pretty as all the other girls and I yeah, I went
1: through that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And 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 I felt like that's that's directly linked to my culture and the idea of shame and how a woman and how a child is supposed to be perceived because for me I just found it mind-boggling of how I could be a quote-unquote naughty bad girl if I get rid of my monobrow (laughs) someone please make it make sense you know and and as a kid that you know getting bullied severely like that really had a knock-on effect on how i think i developed as a, as a kid picked on and bullied and i think all these kind of stuff have like a ricochet effect on, yeah, your, on your mental state
1: now i'm at this state where it's like i've learned and i've accepted culture is taught mm-hmm. it's man-made yeah so for me now i pick and choose mm-hmm. I want to take the beautiful parts, the hospitality, the welcoming parts, the mm-hmm. parts where we're there for each other, yeah. everyone's family, in the sense family, look out for each other, not family, I can like judge you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it comes with its pros and cons, so I've just come to say, ta- you know, I'm just only taking the pros. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't mean- want to take the other concepts. They do yeah. follow me, like I said, with the whole shame, like it's always on my mind, yeah. like am I crossing the line, am mm-hmm. I not? But... At the end of the day, it's man-made, it's taught, so we can actually
0: dodge those. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you on that one kind of cultural barriers and stuff do you think you know women of ethnic backgrounds like ourselves muslim backgrounds are facing today i honestly think it depends on the woman mm-hmm. and her
1: household mm-hmm. your household how much culture is involved also what area you live in because if you live in a predominantly white area let's say and there's not muslims you're going to go through different struggles than me who mm-hmm. grew up in a multicultural area and i did see muslims so i think it de- genuinely depends on the environment mm-hmm. But I feel like if I was to break it down, it would all be identity crisis. Yeah. I feel like we're all still trying to figure out who we are, what we believe in, what Mm -hmm. we want to follow. And Mm -hmm. we're in a world right now, there is a lot of activism and a lot of movements going on. The whole coronavirus pandemic, even the several movements that started during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And even really like people learn about mental health probably more in lockdown because that was very like, intense time for for most people and even myself I came to I was like oh my god like everyone else is going through it everyone's going through it like sometimes you feel like you're only going through it by yourself and it's just like you're seeing discussions being open on social media but back to the point I think it's genuinely an identity crisis um Mm -hmm. Facing women, it all goes back to culture, it just depends, and I feel like that depends on your parents. Mm. Have they actually mixed in with other cultures and they integrate their eyes? I noticed with like my friends who have slightly more conservative parents, their parents don't actually integrate, right. and all the other the only reason I learn and I'm open minded and I revise everything is because I'm constantly mixing mm. across different backgrounds, across different religions, I agree. different cultures. So a lot of people, like, when they describe me in free words, open-minded is one of them. Mm, yeah. And that's because I force my... Not even force, I like to integrate. I like to, you know, know where values and traditions come from. I
0: think integrating is, is, is an integral part of, of, like you said, opening your mind up to different things, you know. If you're continuously around the same people, um, same, same culture, same, same religion... News. You know, it, and I think it's it's detrimental to your identity, like you said. You know, I think that is the one one of the biggest issues. I, I say again and again is that hanging in the balance. I don't really know where I yeah. fit in. So for me, that's one of the biggest um issues I have because, like, um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I fit into the Baluch community at but all. this is where
1: I go back. I feel like more women need to be honest because mm-hmm. even just knowing you and seeing your social media presence, I feel more comfortable in my existence and my identity. Yeah. So I'm like, it's normal. Like <laughs> yeah. this is normal. I'm not the only one. Like. Like, and I feel like if more, if we could just have an army of us, right? we would. That's, that's the aim. <laughs> that would take a lot of like <laughs> burden away from us, and we wouldn't feel like alone. Because yeah, no, the only saying. times where
0: I reassure myself, I'm like, you know what? There's other women. Yeah, there like, are. You know, and this is why the the podcast is what, why I wanted to do it. Is it's come here, unburden yourself, man. It's all it's all blessed. Like, yeah, let's let's start the conversation. And exactly. And you know what? I get really excited. I know people
1: think like it's just a waiting, but I get <laughs> so happy and excited when I meet. Another girl from a similar background that's open-minded. Like, it's so refreshing for it's me. These are one of the things that literally, like, there's a fire in my soul.
0: And I'm like, I'm so happy I met you. So when I meet people... um like similar viewpoints of me over to whatever i'm like you know what I, it's not that lonely my mental health yeah. even it betters
1: same and do you know what the thing is as much as all our let's say non-arab non-asian friends are supportive mm. it's only our kind that have been brought up in, in that, that culture yeah. that will understand what we're facing and the mental health consequences because yeah. to other people with all due respect it's just going to be us overthinking to them or mm-hmm. just you know whereas people from our culture that yeah. we genuinely understand we've been through it
0: honestly There came a point, yeah, where I proper just hated, like, it came down to, it got so deep, the cultural boundaries and all that kind of stuff that were put on, put on me. I just hated being brown. I hated being Muslim. I hated it at one point. I was like, this is just long, like, I can't, like, I just resented it. And I, I only resented it. I feel like as a child, especially and as a teen, because I didn't have. There was no one opening. I've been up. through those
1: phases so many times.
0: There's no one saying that you life I'd is hard. And I go from one extreme
1: to another. So I'd completely be Arab or completely not.
0: Obsolete. I feel like I feel like I'm getting there, but it's so hard. I feel like the the balance thing and the and the, the main thing I've understood is that ultimately if i'm looking at religion i am fallible. i'm going to keep making mistakes i'm going to continuously making mistakes and i think for the for the
1: because no one's perfect no one's perfect right
0: perfectly flawed hey hey (laughs) (laughs) you know and no, no one's perfect right so why am i here day in day out please and coming back to religion as well like if i believe in religion that when we die i have to answer for myself so that's something i think as an adult now that i hold high in myself when i'm having conversations i'm like hey i'm only answerable me so guys thank you so much for tuning in for episode two of the Ancient podcast i'm your host sammy and we had maida sharifi on today get your insta handles again
1: yeah it's maida sharifi i'm gonna spell it out for you <laughs> m-a-e-d-e-h-s-h-a-r-i-f-i underscore
0: lovely guys so make sure you follow maida follow her journey she's just and uh, we'll see you next time bye Oh,